0: listening to Inland Edition on 91.9 KVCR. I'm Lillian Vasquez. Our guest is Jonathan Heller, Senior Health Equity Fellow at the University of Wisconsin Population Health Institute. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So first, Jonathan, will you tell us a little bit about the University of Wisconsin Population Health Institute, what it is?
1: The Population Health Institute advances health and well-being for all By developing and evaluating interventions and promoting evidence-based approaches to policy and practice at the local, state, and national levels.
0: Okay, and so one of the things that you have as part of this is the County Health Rankings. I guess it's the County Health Rankings and Roadmaps. What are you trying to accomplish and what's the process to do this?
1: County Health Rankings and Roadmaps provides data and evidence and guidance and examples to build awareness of the multiple factors that influence health, and it supports leaders in growing community power to improve health equity. We are unique in that we uh, measure the health of nearly every county in all 50 states, and the work is complemented by guidance and tools and resources designed to accelerate community learning in action.
0: Okay, so this is a huge undertaking, and you do this once a year, and you've been doing this for a while?
1: Yeah, we've been doing this for over 10 years.
0: So clearly you know the roadmaps now that it's a, it's a challenging project. Tell me about some of the topics that you measure and where you get your data and how you get your data.
1: We have a model that underlies the work we do, and, and we look both at health outcomes, like how long and how well people are living. And then we look at the factors that contribute to how well and how long we live. For example, we look at things like income and education and housing, um, all of those. And, and in addition to medical care, all of those have been shown in the public health literature to be very closely tied to our health. And so we, we've developed a model that takes all of those factors into account. And then we collect data from sources around the country that are available in every county, and uh, we summarize that all up into our website, countyhealthrankings.org, so you can see data for each of the measures that we look at and each of the counties, and we summarize that in these rankings every year.
0: Okay, so where do you go to get your your data? Does every county have a place or a website that you go and get this data from, and you're, you're always looking for the same thing, so you're doing a comparison of apples to apples?
1: We do a little bit of that. Mostly there are national data sets that we pull from, from, for example, the CDC um, and other sources, the census, other, other sources like that, uh, where we know we can get reliable data across all the counties.
0: And how do you know it's reliable data? That's a
1: good <laughs> question. Um, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's data that's collected in the standard way. Most of this data has been collected for years. Okay. Um, there are validated measures, like the surveys that uh, the CDC puts out have been validated and, and, and used for such a long time that we feel very confident that the data that we're looking at is, is
0: good. Okay. So, other sources are sharing this information for their specific county, and then you take this data and you analyze it and then rank it under your guidelines or under your measurements. Is that how it works?
1: Yeah, I think that's accurate.
0: Let me reintroduce our guest is Jonathan Heller. He's a senior health equity fellow at the University of Wisconsin Population Health Institute. So you gather this information and you learn about each of the counties. How many counties are there in the United States?
1: Over 2,000.
0: Wow, that's a lot. So gathering this information, does it take you about a year to get everything to get ready for each report?
1: It takes a bunch of time to do that. Uh, We've got some standardized ways for now gathering all that data and and integrating it into our systems. Um, But every year we're also tweaking things, adding new measures that uh, feel like they're important and there's new information about, adding more information about the solutions that can address the issues that we're seeing and, and improve health for the populations in all these counties. So we're doing a lot of other work besides just collecting the data as well.
0: Right. Well, I didn't mean to minimize that. I I mean, it's a huge task of of what you're doing. Okay. So let's talk about our two counties. First of all, if you'll share with me some of the topics or information that you are measuring, and then we can break it down to information that we need to know about San Bernardino County, and then we'll talk about Riverside County.
1: Sure. So The model looks at health outcomes and divides things up into the length of life and the quality of life. And then it looks at health factors that influence those health outcomes. Those health factors include health behaviors, such as tobacco use and diet and exercise. It looks at clinical care, whether folks have access to care and the quality of that care. And all of those have been shown to clearly impact our health outcomes. And then what's less understood out in the public is that um, there are many other factors that influence our health. In fact, have a huge influence on our health, such as social and economic factors, our education, employment, income, community safety, and our physical environment as well, our air and our water quality, our housing and transportation systems. So the model takes measures different aspects of all of those and combines all of those.
0: So I have, um, looking at a document, it looks like health behaviors, like you were describing, tobacco or smoking, diet, alcohol. Um, it even has sexual activities on here. So that's that's interesting. So you're measuring a lot of things. Tell me, what have you found or what did you learn? Uh, the rankings recently came out. What did you learn about the San Bernardino County?
1: Well, so... San Bernardino um, over the last few years and, and continues to rank right on the edge of the bottom of the third quartile and at the top of the bottom quartile. So, in other words, about three quarters of the counties in California are doing better than San Bernardino and about a quarter are doing worse. And we can look at all sorts of the health outcome measures. Um, And so, for example, premature death is uh, quite high in San Bernardino, and that's one of the health outcomes that we look at. And you can look at some of the health behaviors, physical activity is low, obesity is high. But then of more interest, I think, is some of these social and economic factors. And so, for example, in San Bernardino, um, childhood poverty rates are are quite high, about 20 percent And then some of the new things that we learned this year, we focused on because of COVID and what we're seeing on COVID, uh, we focused on what is it going to take to recover from COVID in a robust way and in a way that is more equitable so that everybody's health is improved. And what we started measuring and looking at is things like living wages. Can people actually afford to make ends meet? And do people have access to the child care that they need? And we're seeing that in San Bernardino and as in much of California and much across the United States, uh, people are not earning enough, not earning enough to keep them out of poverty. So, you know, we want people to be working and, and earning enough to be out of poverty and then and therefore be able to thrive. Um, and we're also seeing things like the fact that the childcare costs costs are, are really exorbitant, much higher than federal recommendations and that those need to be brought down if, again, we want families to be able to thrive.
0: Okay. That's San Bernardino. I want to take a break for a quick second, and we're going to come back and talk about Riverside. But first, let me say, you're listening to Inland Edition on 91.9 KVCR. I'm Lillian Vosquez and we're speaking with Jonathan Heller, Senior Health Equity Fellow at the University of Wisconsin Population Health Institute. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Jonathan, and we'll learn more about the health of our two counties, specifically Riverside. So stay with us. If you're just joining us, you're listening to 91.9 KVCR, and this is Inland Edition. I'm Lillian Vasquez, and today's show, we're talking about the overall health of our two counties. Our guest is Jonathan Heller, Senior Health Equity Fellow at the University of Wisconsin Population Health Institute. And before the break, we were talking about the information and the rankings that you learned of San Bernardino County, We didn't do so well, as you made the comparison within the state of California. We're on the lower end, for sure. Let's talk about Riverside County and the information you have about Riverside County and where we are and how we're looking.
1: Riverside's doing a little bit better than San Bernardino. Riverside currently, and for the last few years, is ranked more at the midpoint, so uh, around 25th out of the 58 counties but it still um, suffers from some of the same issues that San Bernardino suffers from, you know, high premature death rates um, and COVID has contributed to that. Similarly issues with wages and with childcare. Um, And let me just, you know, give you an example, both for, for Riverside and San Bernardino, we know that a living wage is about $43 an hour for an adult with two children. Right. And that's, so that's how much somebody would need to earn to be able to, make sure they're paying their rent and buy healthy food and take care of their medical bills and their transportation bills and, and all of that. In California, the minimum wage is $15 an hour. So there's a big gap uh, between what people are getting paid and uh, what they actually need to be able to live on. We want to be able to make sure that jobs get people out of poverty, not keep them in it. And there are ways to do this. We, we can address this by increasing um, living wages, in you know, basically mandating that companies pay living wages. We can subsidize childcare. We can uh, provide universal basic income. There are a lot of different solutions, all of which need to be on the table, in order to get folks to the place where um, they're able to thrive and, and live well, so that they have the dignity of being able to to live a good life.
0: All right. Based on what you just said, you were saying the one person needs to make $43 an hour or would that be two people making $20 an hour or $23 an hour and then combining it? If you could just break that down, does it work when you have two people working or are you just spacing that on one one person working in that household?
1: Yeah, we're using data that others have generated just like we talked about. We, we're not generating our own data um, for right. this. Um, and the way they break it down is that they say for a family that has one adult and two children, you'd need to be earning about $43 okay. an hour. And so if there's a different family structure, uh, different number of kids, different number of adults, then they report out different numbers. But, you know, yeah, you can get a feel for what a group of three people need to be earning to be able to survive. Got
0: it. Okay. So you get this information. What efforts does your team make – or? What's the next step? Do you partner with other people or other cities, counties, and, and share this information with them and then maybe give advice of how to change the, the outcome?
1: Yeah. I mean, so we both provide the data and we provide a bunch of solutions. We uh, have a whole section on our website. So this is the countyhealthrankings.org website that's called What Works for Health and so we've evaluated many, many different policies that can address the issues that we're seeing. Uh, we work with counties and share this information, and our hope is that we're, we're building power to support folks who want to make change. And so we, we partner with different kinds of groups to see that change through and, and um, give them ideas about what they can do, what actions they can take.
0: Okay, and so do you partner with people in your own state of Wisconsin? What are your numbers like in Wisconsin?
1: So actually, I'm based in uh, the Bay Area in California. Oh, um, okay. And so this is, this is home for me. Um, and overall, the Population Health Institute does partner with uh, a lot of folks in Wisconsin and also around the country um, to provide them the, the data that they need to make change.
0: Once this information is there, who are you trying to get it to so that the information can be used and plans can be set in place to change the outcome?
1: So we're, we work in partnership with a lot of different organizations and government agencies around the country. You know, when, when the community wants to take action, we are there to help them. And so there are government agencies that come in and look at this data and think about how they can improve things. We often work with community organizing groups. To give them data. So, for example, there are groups around the country who are are working on childcare and trying to increase funding for childcare and, and the availability of childcare in, in in different parts of the country. For example, we hope they take this data and um, use it to, to advance uh, the changes that we need to see, to, so that everyone can afford childcare.
0: Well, it seems like it would be good data for people writing grants and they're trying to make the case for the need in their community. This might be a perfect resource for those that might want to write grants to talk about the area and the need in their community.
1: Absolutely. We, we know people use it a lot for, for that as well. Really, our hope is that, that people take action with it, that, that this is a starting place for them. Um, that uh, they see not just the problems, but there are the, that there are these solutions. And that you know in this specific circumstance with the latest release, we really do hope that people use it to work towards a just recovery where uh, we're not just going back to the normal of the past, which wasn't so great for so many people, but that we use it as an opportunity to build economic security for everyone.
0: Our guest is Jonathan Heller, Senior Health Equity Fellow at the University of Wisconsin Population Health Institute. So why is this important to you? Why specifically did you fall into this and what is uh, what is it about it that interests you?
1: I feel strongly that we need to be working towards equity, that, that there are some groups that have really been able to thrive and others that... Uh, have not been able to thrive in this country that, um, you know, there are lots of structures in place that keep certain groups in certain places, you know, kind of down and out. Um, and that, that needs to change. And it's not, you know, it's, it's those groups that are sometimes based on, on race, but they're also based on place and, you know, rural areas have been really hurting across the country as well. And, uh, there are a bunch of people who even like during the pandemic have been doing extremely well. And the inequality has really um, kind of blossomed and, and ballooned over the last few decades in this country. I think that needs to change. I think uh, we all deserve the dignity of, of living a healthy life and a long life.
0: So was it in college when you got passionate about this, or is it something you like to do or thought about as a, little, as a young man? <laughs>
1: You know, I uh, started working in this field about 15 years ago. So well after college, I actually switched over into working in public health. Before that, I was actually in in biotech and working on both diagnosing and trying to develop treatments for different medical conditions. I think I took a step back and and, um, realized that there were many medical conditions that were entirely preventable Mm -hmm. um, and that we as a society could just change what we focused on and that that would improve a lot of uh, a lot of lives much more than a new medicine might, for example.
0: Hmm. Well, all right. The County Health Rankings and Roadmaps is available at countyhealthrankings.org. If you would like to check out our counties or other counties here in California or throughout the United States, that information is there for you. Jonathan, thanks so much for your time.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Jonathan Heller is Senior Health Equity Fellow at the University of Wisconsin Population Health Institute. We spoke on the phone last week. You can find much of the information and data we spoke about online at countyhealthrankings.org. That's countyhealthrankings.org. We'll put a link to that website on the Inland Edition program page when we post this episode. Join us again next week for Inland Edition, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. and 6.30, right here on KVCR. To hear this episode and past shows, visit our website at kvcrnews.org slash Inland Edition. You can also listen to Inland Edition on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, or search for Inland Edition on your favorite streaming service. Inland Edition is a production of KVCR News. Support for this production, including writing and editing, comes from Rick Dulock, Sharina Wad, and David Fleming. And we get technical website and social media support from Tim Steidel, Sean Houlihan, and Natasha Coles. I'm Lillian Vasquez. Thanks for listening, and bye for now.